It's time for Conversations with Bob and Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Bob. Don't we have a lot to talk about today? As My usual. God. As usual. <laughs> so some of the topic we're going to cover today is uh, obviously the world is a much dangerous place today than 24 hours ago. And also we're going to talk about East Palestine. And then... At last, I'm going to put my uh, women's hat on and liberal women, no less. We're going to talk about this ageism against women in politics. Okay. Um, so let's talk about why the world is much dangerous place than 24 hours ago. You know, we are today is February 22, 2023. And just 24 hours ago, Russia has withdrawn the nuclear treaty with the United States. And why is that, Bob? Well, they um, they they haven't completely abandoned it. What did they say? They're um, pause. It's like like a pause. So they haven't said that they're you know canceling the treaty. But um, yeah, I forget the exact wording they use. It's a pause. And yeah, so that was that's the most recent. Uh, nuclear arms limitation treaty. So between Russia and the U.S., we have like 90% of the nuclear weapons around the globe. And, you know, key part of peace since the Cold War is these treaties between Russia and the U.S. But, you know, in response to what's going on in um, Ukraine, the U.S. position, and it almost seems like in response to Biden in his, you know, speeches, he goes goes on a trip over there and he gives a speech. So Putin and even China are, you know, they're putting their perspective out there. It's sort of a propaganda war. And, you know, part of that, Putin said, we're not sure we're going to stay in this arms limitation thing. Well, let's go Start. back to what happened in the beginning of the Biden administration. What do we do? We um, he stopped the Keystone Pipeline construction. He lifted right. the sanction of the two pipeline that was building between Russia and Germany, which give essentially give Russia a lifeline to, you know, exporting their natural gas, their resources to Germany and Eastern Europe. Um, and Eastern Europe depend on Russia for the natural gases. So essentially give, he took the lifeline from America and gave it to Russia. Okay. Then right. At a summit, he said, oh, yeah, if it's just a minor incursion, we're okay with it. So he essentially give permission. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I had yeah, forgotten about that. He essentially tell Russia, yeah, if you just do a minor incursion, what is the definition of a minor incursion? So right after he said that, literally three weeks later, Russia invaded Ukraine. Now he's giving Ukraine all these aids to basically prolong a very unwinnable war. Mm -hmm. And if you win, Russia already took over a couple major cities that have the natural resources and the infrastructure, the nuclear power plant from Ukraine. Those places has not been won by, by Ukraine. We What are we doing here? I mean, there's a reason why Obama did not do anything when Russia took over Crimea, right? At least Obama was smart about it. And then what right. happened when we did the withdrawal in Afghanistan? We left $80 billion worth of weaponry in Afghanistan. Who controls Afghanistan? The Taliban, the Iranians, 
Who controlled the Taliban and Iranians? Mm-hmm. China and Russia. Okay, then you let a Chinese spy balloon flew into this country knowing they're coming, never did anything about it. Now you're going to stand in Ukraine. You think the China and Russia are going to scared of us? And this is what my most frustration is. Go around your house. Take a look how many products you have, you're using, your own, are made in China. So he said, oh, if China provides weapon to Russia, you guys are going to suffer consequences. Really? Who is going to suffer the consequences? China that China can turn around and say, we're not selling you guys anything. And we're not importing anything. And guess what? We're collecting on those debt you owe us. Then right. what is America going to do? Come on. Like, then when I texted one of my Democrat friends and said, hey, what do you think about Biden starting World War III? No clue. Not a clue what's going on in life in America. It's... I'm sorry I'm a little passionate today, but this is absolutely stupidity. Because if Biden would have left everything alone the way it was, he doesn't have to do anything. Things can just keep going the way it is. Why do you have to change a policy that worked? I'm done. Yeah. Um, you know, I found a good article. It's on a website I'd never seen before, foreignpolicy.com. Written by Liam, Liam Collins. He's a senior fellow at New America, which is sort of a center-left uh, think tank. But, and he's a retired U.S. Special Forces colonel. And Frank Sobchak, he's the chair of Irregular Warfare Studies at the Modern War Institute at West Point and a retired Special Forces colonel. Anyway, they went through the whole history of, you know, the title of the article is U.S. Deterrence Failed in Ukraine. And it goes back through the history all the way back to Bush and Georgia. So, you know, nothing was done harshly when Putin attacked Georgia, you know, under uh, Obama, Crimea. You know, remember there was the red line, which they crossed and then nothing happened. (laughs) So, you know, and then as you just pointed out, even the beginning here of the Ukraine invasion, Biden said, well, if it's minor, we're not going to do anything. So they're what they're saying here is you're signaling, you know, to Russia and these other countries that you're not really going to do anything. And one of the there's a really cool paragraph in here. Uh, Where is it? Sorry, give me a minute. We'll be editing this out. That's okay. I figured. <laughs> There's a really good uh, quote by one of these guys in here. Where I have it here. Okay. All right. So I, I printed it on here. Um, Here's a quote or from this uh, article. When it comes to war, realist scholars such as John Mearsheimer have noted that for deterrence to succeed, the state seeking war should perceive that the chances of success would be low and the costs high. Part of altering a state's calculus is simple numbers. How many tanks, missiles, aircraft, and other weapons the defending state possesses? 
So, you know, I mean, we haven't given them any weapons. You know, there was very limited, you know, I think there were a small number of Stinger missiles or something, and that's part of what Trump got messed up in. He was going to send them more. They wanted more. So, I mean, all the signaling we were giving was we're afraid to to do anything to defend Ukraine. And now you're trying to do all this tough talk and, you know, it's kind of the genie's out of the bottle. Well, the Democratic administration always had the talks, but no action to be, to be, to, you know, to support it. Here's mm-hmm. what Trump did. And I was telling my friends about six years ago, this is the foreign policy of the Trump, right? He's playing chess with these guys and he knows how this works. So essentially what he did is he's, praising all these leaders in front of the world give them Mm -hmm. face let them like him you know i'm praising you you're wonderful you're smart right behind the scenes what is he doing he's selling natural gas cheaper than russia to um to to east europe knowing they depend on this natural gas so we're making money the americans not only producing our own natural resources we're selling them we become the highest net exporter on natural gas. Then he sanctioned Russia while he's telling everybody how wonderful Putin is. He is sanctioning Russia for building pipelines. Okay. Yeah. And what did Biden do? Putin is, you know, in the world stage, he's he's defaming Putin, saying how bad of a dictator is. Then he cut off our Keystone pipeline and lift the sanction. So mm-hmm. action-wise. Biden did not do anything that could hurt Russia. Right. Okay? Trump did. Mm-hmm. He did everything he could do to hurt Russia, and he was collecting money from China. Right. And then instead of selling corn to China, he said, well, we'll just keep our own corn. The government will buy it, give the money to the farmer. We produce ethanol and to feed our gasoline, you know, to feed our gasoline industry. So... Well, and he didn't really generally praise Putin. All he really said was he's a strong leader. And then, you know, and I mean, I don't think anyone would argue he's not a he's a tough guy. That's what the tough guy. But then you have our entire media attacking Trump for saying something like that when it was very clear that you know he was publicly um, saying things like that, but privately trying to you know work a tough policy against him. And then he is, he also, what good are, what good, so Russia and China always have this love-hate relationship, right? Mm -hmm. When time needs it, those two will marry each other. When, when time is, you know, when the competition time comes, they will divorce each other. If you look at the modern history of the political, the political landscape that has happened to Russia and China all the time because they're neighbors and they kept a nice balance now with um between you know in the asian continent now here's the thing here's another factor a lot of people hasn't thought about it so russia and china now are going to join hands whole hands against united states i've been watching um chinese television news this is cctv4 it was funded by the chinese government broadcast to the entire china Every night at 7 p.m., in, they were broadcast in China. And the language in the CCTV news, or in general now, is um, they're not saying we're supporting Russia. They're not saying that. But they're condemning the United States and condemning e- Europe. Because they're saying the Nord Stream 2 uh, was blown up. I, that, that's not a news that's widely being 
broadcast in this country. And China said that Russia is asking the UN to investigating the explosion Nordstrom to as a terroristic action. And they clearly point their finger to United States. And in China, they said Russia is having protests on the street against United States supplying weapon to Ukraine. And if you listen to uh, Putin's State of Union address yesterday, what did he talk about? He talked about EFO, uh, he talked about the West normalizing pedophilia, he talked about how we're, how we are indoctrinating children, uh, children abuse. He is talking about everything that's actually what's happening in, in the West. Because right. now, you know, we're not going to, you can't, they're trying to say you can't call pedophile pedophile anymore. You have to call them minorly attractive person. Okay. Whatever that may be. It's not helping us. It's not helping us. And it, isn't it crazy? I mean, it, in my lifetime, I mean, I was a kid during the Cold War. And, you know, we're, we're at a point where Putin, the, the head of Russia, has a credible case to make that they have, he, he and Russia have the moral high ground and we're the moral decadence. Because <laughs> That's never been a, a, a possible scenario before. When you're corrupting children, when you're corrupting children, that makes somebody else that's not corrupting children, give them a higher moral high ground. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. so here, here's the thing. America can sit here. This is no longer in the 1970s. We're now in the 1970s. Russia, China is way more technologically advanced than United States. Okay. Their people are way better educated, way better. Kids are better equipped. You saw, I shared a video on my Facebook page is these young boys are age probably no older than nine years old. What do they do sitting in the little classroom in front of their little desk? They're learning how to dissemble and assemble a handgun. Right. What are we teaching our kids in our school at six to nine? So what would you prefer your pronoun to be? Mm. What would you like to be called? Are you, uh, you don't have to be a boy or girl. Wow, they're training, China trained all their little kids. That's China, Taiwan, Japan, I'm sure Russia too. They are mentally prepared these, everybody, for tough times. We don't have that here. So do you think 1970s, so now 1970s, at least we had World War II. We just got through World War II. That was the second generation after World War II. So now we're many generations after World War II. What do you think? our population going to react if there's a war. Oh, yeah. I mean... We're fighting over toilet papers. And guess what, people? If China says we're not giving you guys anything, you have no computer chips, you have no toilet papers, you have... I don't know what we're going to have left. You have no television. There's nothing. Because if China says no, Russia says no, India have to make a choice. Guess what? India mm -hmm. is not in our hemisphere. India is over there. It does India no good to align themselves with United States. No, you know, that idea of struggle builds hard, harder people. 
Um, that, I, as you were describing that, the U.S. being weak and, you know, the Russian Chinese building up strong youth, uh, reminded me of a Rocky, one of the Rocky movies. I don't know which one, but, you know, Rocky was now a big star. He had a ton of money. There was media around him all the time. And, you know, I think he was, he was going to box Drago, the Russian. This is uh-huh. back when, you know, Russia and U.S. Right. were high tension. So a popular thing in the U.S. would be to fight Russia. So that's what the movie was targeting. But uh, anyway, you know, Rocky couldn't even train. I mean, he's eating the good food. He's got the media attention. And they showed Drago over in Siberia, you know, like lifting, you know, logs to exercise and things like that. And he comes in and he just totally annihilates uh, Rocky. You know, so then Rocky, they get a rematch, and the only way he can train to go back and fight him again is he puts himself in a situation. I I don't know where he goes, but you know where he's got tough. He has tough environment that he's in and struggle and things, and then he's able to beat him. I don't know. I've seen a lot of um, younger men. I'm talking about thirty five and younger. I don't have any hope. <laughs> They can't even take a a criticism, let alone a bullet. Just look at the uh, mental health. I mean, it's really not funny. It's sad. You know, the the greatly increased mental health problems among young people in this country. I mean, that's a sign right there. I mean, well, here's the thing. You know, I think we are already a lot of people think this is peaceful. We're already in a war. Okay, we are already in a war. We first of all, we lost the fentanyl war. We lost the drug war. Hundred thousand people die of overdose last year. Now they reduced down to eighty thousand. I don't know why, but let's just say eighty thousand. Okay, most of them are young people. Okay, and then that we lost that war already. Now we're losing the border wall. The border war. Our borders being come on invaded every day. You might mm-hmm. as well say we lost that war. Now we let a spy balloon flew in to our, um, you know, a foreign spy balloon was in our country for 10 days. Okay, we probably lost a spy war, the technology war, because our big corporation gets hacked into every day. That's not being reported. But a lot of corporations have to carry what they call a, a, a hack insurance. My girlfriend's uncle's hotel had to pay $5 million to the Russian hacker, um, you know, because they hack into the system, they collected the data, and uh, in order for them to unhack the system, we don't have the technology to unhack it or to prevent that being happening. So what happened is we pay a $5 million fine. So that's one tiny little hotel. Can you imagine how many hacking that's going on that we have no idea about and that these people are getting paid? And what else did we lose? We lost the spirit war, mental illness, people on the street. Young people are not willing to work. Why? So I'm watching um, CCTV news for the past four days. And I can tell you what's on the news. The first 25 minutes of the news is about goals, constructions, infrastructures, what they're doing in technology, infrastructure, construction, um, education, buildings. So if I'm a young people, I'm watching my lo- my news from the central government. Wow, NC Providence is um, doing more expanding the farmland. Oh my God, they're building high- highways, 
connecting Beijing to Tianjin, which is going to shorten the travel time. You know, it's all fantastic good news. How wonderful the country is doing. Then the last five to ten minutes is about United States, the world. Of course, they only report the bad news. Okay, but. If I'm a young person in China, I'm gonna say, look at my country, a lot of future, a lot. The reality might not be as rosy. I'm sure it's not because I grew up in China. It's always good news. But for half hour, when you're watching the news in your own country, you're like, there's something going on. There's a future for me here. What do we watch in our local American news? Whether it's left, right, center. It's all saying things are bad. There's shootings, or robberies, or drag racing. Disrespect the police. You know, none of the police get recruited. And think about how demoralizing it is to our children. Then when they go back to school, it's like, this is a racist country you're living in. You know, you、right. don't have to know your gender. Figure out your pronoun. And what are we doing here? So for people to walk around still thinking this is a this we're you know we're being fooled. This I still believe this is the greatest country in the world. There's a lot of potential, but we have to turn things around. Do you see it happening? I mean, I I don't foresee it. I feel like the the there's a large, very a、uh, uh, a group of people with a lot of influence that. Really think America's bad. They want to keep. They keep focusing on you know slavery. And I mean, Biden recently gave a speech where he talked about the, how terrible it was, and and it was you know to put human beings in chains and do that. Fine, but then he goes and there's people that want to do that again. Where? <laughs> I mean, how many? You know, so you've got the president of the United States saying that there's a significant enough number of Americans that want to enslave Africans again. That the president's going to talk about it. I mean, that's well, ridiculous. My problem And, here, here's my problem. He's he also had the same speech claiming he was a civil right leader. He was a prosecutor.、Mm -hmm. He's the one passed the crime bill. Okay. Right. I mean, but here's the problem. Well, and he, he to, called the schools a racial jungle. And right, talking to this particular friend of mine, which I believe she represents majority of the voter. This is my.、Um, This is my conversation with her. I said,、um, "Biden is getting us close to World War III." I said, "Get ready." Her response to me: "Russia's already started things towards World War III." So I said, "That's Biden's policy. It's so dumb. He should never have gone to Ukraine." Why? This woman has never watched a piece of news, does not understand world history, and does not understand geopolitics. Have no idea what the international political landscape is. I'm not saying this to judge her. I'm saying this: this is the majority of your voters that votes.、Mm -hmm. If you they listen to Biden says, oh, some people still want to lynch black people, they're gonna believe it. They're gonna point their fingers to Trump supporters in January six, and they're gonna say, "It there are those people." So, does China have a lot to do with our education, our infrastructure? You know, our politicians. Absolutely, absolutely. So, why they're stoking this? Because when you divide a country, you can come in and conquer a country. It's divide、right. and conquer. It's a long game. 
So that's what they're doing. And they're seceding. They mm -hmm. are seceding. Because this country, people have lived too well in this country. They don't have to worry about having a toilet or food or, or whatever. And, you know, everybody walk into their apartment, one bedroom, two bedroom. You still got food stamps. You can still eat. I mean, think about a lot of the people in China that understand what it's like to be hungry. Okay, so if you watch the Chinese news, they don't they don't talk about politics at all. They talk about economic growth. Mm -hmm. They talk about technology improvement, advancement, what they're doing for the people. You don't hear anything about politics. Yeah, I mean, watch watch anything. I, I don't see anything in a, in the U.S. whether it's news or uh, you know programs from TV or movies that are. Telling, saying that the U.S. is a good place. It's if yep. anything, it, it doesn't mention it or it's bad, and that was one of the reasons that the the new um, Top Gun Maverick they say did so well because it was sort of pro America. Pro -America. You know? uh, we're losing the culture war. We're losing yep. the drug war, and I. It, you know, if China and Russia just started marching in here today, I bet you uh, 78 million, 87 million people are going to go like, yeah, we want socialism. Great. Mm -hmm. Take us. This country sucks. Right. I we mean, what I don't understand is, you know, it, sometimes I wonder, are these people really that dumb? You know, I mean, do they really believe we were talking in the last show about you know, uh, anarchists. I mean, do they really believe that countries like China, if, they, if we were to adopt their style, whether, you know, socialism, whatever, that things would be better, that it wouldn't be fascist, authoritarian, all the things that they claim to be against. I mean, that's the only way to make everything fair and equitable the way they define it. If somebody think, let's just say, if somebody think China is a country going to make sure that everything is equal and this and that. Watch all the Chinese soap operas. Watch historical documentaries. Watch Chinese people. It's all about revenge. Every soap opera you watch is revenge. I would rather do this. I need to seek revenge. See, that's in every single, if you watch every single, um, History, Chinese history, Chinese this. is like, we do not forget what they did to us. We're going to revenge even though it takes generations. This is why in China, back in the days, when the emperor decided he's going to execute an official person, whatever that is, they killed the entire family, mm -hmm. including maids and people that work in the, with these families. They called... A, they want to extinct the entire family because if you don't, there will be could be one person left. They will seek revenge. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you don't think China remembers all the terrible history the West has brought to China, you're wrong. But if we get into World War Three, Africa is not going to do anything because China has too much money into Africa. They're going to take the Chinese side. India will take the Chinese side. What is you? What is what do we have left? Europe and America. Canada's do. What is Canada going to do? Let me ask you a question. And throughout the entire history of this country, has there ever been another country 
come to our aid? No. Never. <laughs> I think there may have been small things, you know, like uh, from from other countries after 9-11 or things like that, but not really, not in a meaningful way. I don't know that any country has ever sacrificed yeah. or put themselves at risk in order to help us. And that's literally what we're doing in, in Ukraine, and we do it all over the world. I mean, we well, sacrifice our resources, and we put our country at risk by doing it. Well, not to mention, because all the money we have, equipment we supply to Ukraine, and we lost $80 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan, we have depleted our military arsenals. Mm -hmm. That is going to take 7 to 15 years to re re replenish. But right. how I, this is a problem, though. A lot of the parts are manufactured in China. Which is insane. Insane. Think about it. Majority of our medicine is manufactured in India and China. I mean, this is just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Yeah, I, I think some of the most critical issues in this country nobody's really talking about. One is, and it, we discovered it during COVID, was the country is too dependent on other countries for national security. We yep. cannot function on our own. And the pandemic put us on our own. Um, and then the other is the, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. No, and I borrow what you just said about the COVID. Everything is done. We, right. we were too much reliant on other people. I'm going to tell well, you. Well, I think to me the other the other big issue, the other big problem is what happened during COVID was yeah, I think that we know enough information now to look at the harms of the policies, the lockdowns, you know, compare those to what are really constitutional rights. I mean, did the government exceed its power? I mean, I think it did. But nobody wants to review that. If anything, we're looking at, you know, the same thing happening again the next time somebody says, hey, look, there's a there's a virus coming. I, You know, and here's another thing, Bob, and I think this is one thing people did not want to look at, and I think widely that's what caused Biden to become the president is – one of the problems we discovered in COVID, which could have been a big wake-up call to the United States, is to say, wow, we're not manufacturing a lot of goods in our own right. country. We're depending too much on other people. Then you look at our labor force. They're lazy. And they don't want to do anything. And our education could not catch up with, the, with, with you know, technology and force. So now it's like we need to get our people more motivated, get them to work. But it went the opposite, Right? We don't want a president that's going to make us work. We want a president that's going to give us, give us, we can we can get paid and not to work. Right. Okay. So instead of a big wake-up call, even by a lot of parents, they want the opposite. How long do you think we people can sit there and not work or dying from fentanyl? How long do you think this country going to sustain? Right. And then now he's talking about punishing billionaires. They can just pick up and leave. You know what? Well, Singapore is 15% taxes. How, remember how much money you make. Move to Singapore. They're a pretty neutral country. Mm -hmm. Okay? Move to Thailand. Move to Malaysia. Southeast Asia are beautiful. Right. They, are, they need these money. So they all sit here and collect it all day long. 
They're not going to jump into any of the world war. They'll be like, yeah, we're this, we can't be the safe haven for you guys. Then when these people leave, where is that going to leave us? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the class war. I mean, they, they, they get ahead. They get votes by pointing to rich people and go, look how much money those people have. And they ha basically they try to tell them they have your money. Because yeah. they have so much money, there's not enough left for you. <laughs> that's that's what some people really believe, and that's what they preach. In the meanwhile, let's look at Joe Biden. He's been a senator majority of his life, making 175000 or 220 a year. He's a multi-multi-millionaire. I, mm -hmm. I know I know a lot of people make that kind of money. They're not multi-multi-millionaires. They live in a modest home because by the time you pay taxes, there's not much left. Most of them put three, four kids. And uh, by the time you pay for college taxes, your pro vacation, there's not much left. Mm -hmm. How do you own two, three homes? How does, uh, I didn't realize Hunter Biden's painting get half a million dollars. <laughs> yep. His first painting. His first painting. What is he painting? I don't think Paul McCartney's painting getting that kind of money. It's it's very frustrating to me. In some ways, in some ways, I think to myself, okay, maybe this country does need a terrible, terrible time for everybody to wake up and say, mm -hmm. oh my, maybe people will wake up. Hopefully. Well, I mean, I with our trajectory that we have now, I believe that's that's where we're headed. I mean, we're, we're headed definitely to... headed for some some crisis. Yes. That, uh, for my son's know. sake, my son is twelve years old. I pray, at this age, he will go through a rough time, and then under by the time he become an adult, understanding what it's like to have a rough time and appreciate what he has today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully the Gen Z generation, not the millennials, the Gen Z generation will understand, wow, and, and have enough memory to understand why is it this is so tough? What caused this? And willing to learn the history. Like what, you know, like what we did. Now, you don't think China can keep re regurgitating, you know, cultural revolution, remind everybody what a horrible history we, you know, China had? They don't talk about that. No. Talk yeah, about right, right. Well, good. Exactly. Good comparison. Yeah. We are building factories. Our 5G technology is the world best. Yeah. They have self-driving tractors now in China. Self-driving mm -hmm. tractor. They have a technology. is a GPS system. They attach to the tractor and the farming equipment. Self-driving tractor. That's going to move into self-driving trucking system. But they create highways that accommodate that. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, that's what they're spending their energy on. They're not spending their energy telling boys could be girls, girls could be boys. Okay. Do so, we have a segue? We have a segue to East Palestine. Trump was there today. Oh, right, right. Yes. Aaron Brockovich went and Trump went. And I think that Trump also brought waters and supplies and... And Pete Buttigieg said he will go, but this is not, he's not ready to go yet. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, he said when he goes, 
he will go uh, when because you know he will have some actionable thing to go to. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe bring some waters will be good. So who was was it the head of the EPA that they're showing now? Uh, went into a couple of homes and drank the water. Said, "Oh, look, yeah. I'll drink it. It's good." Mm. Actually, Trump right now is visiting East Palestine um, with the Senator Vance. He's oh, talking JD right Vance, now at right. the fire department, and there's a Palestine mayor behind him. <sighs> yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing that Biden wasn't too far from Ohio, East Palestine. He decided he's not going to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. He'll fly to Ukraine and walk around there and all the way across the globe, you know? Kevin McCarthy is going to give all of the footage, the security camera footage to from January 6th, give it to Tucker Carlson. Oh, okay. Have you heard that? No. <laughs> I mean, the left are losing their minds over it. I tell you what, I like Kevin. He's a tough cookie, man. Well, they've been arguing, people, you know, Republicans have been arguing from the beginning that they need to release all that information, and they yeah, didn't they do should. it. So, you know, Kevin's going to give it to Tucker and let them go through it. And they're really, you know, they're really entrenched with this uh, insurrection narrative. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't see insurrection. I see violent protest riot thing that got out of control, but. I mean, how do you how do you take over this country with flags and cell phones? You know, we have <laughs> how an do you overthrow the U.S. government the border. We have an insurrection every day yeah. at our southern border. Now it's go- they're going to Vermont now, so we have insurrections happening every day in our border. We're being yep. people are coming in, and they're single. They're not family units. They're single male, and they're. De- they're violent crime, you know, they commit a crime. And my understanding is, and I have not seen a verification of this, is they're released prisoners out of their country to send to this country. So pretty soon we're going to go the other way, immigrate to Mexico, because mm-hmm. they get rid of all their people, then we're outgoing there. Yeah, I mean, that happened back when with the Cuba refugees. Yeah, I think that's a standard thing. Yeah, Singapore is looking pretty good right now, or Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I mean, um, so you know, when you have when we have a crisis in East Palestine, we don't FEMA's not helping. Nobody from our government's helping. But isn't that the the priority, the most important thing of a government is to help your own people? Yeah, I it, that is a huge problem, and it just. Why hasn't the federal government gotten involved? I don't know. And then there's a um, multiple train derailments after East Palestine, and there's two yeah. plastic factories that exploded. I mean, so, is it as simple as you know having a catastrophe happen is a bad reflection on the president? I mean, I don't know. What what is it about this thing that they just don't want to acknowledge it? I don't, I mean, I think by not acknowledging it, not taking care of your own people, that's even the worst of a situation. I mean, there's a train derailments everywhere. There's a plastic factory getting blown up everywhere. Now, 
I if I was well, you know I I if you watch the left wing cable news I haven't watched any of the main but uh, they're not covering it and the the angle they will cover is they'll say that you know the right wing people are turning this into a conspiracy you know they're they're exaggerating the problem and denying science and all that sort of thing I don't know how this is a conspiracy when if you think about it how is this a conspiracy theory when um well it's it got the white working class you know lower middle lower income white working class people they don't fit any kind of they they don't help you know it's all, it's, it's back to that again it seems with yeah. uh you know Trump the, the the people that Trump appealed to and that's why they get forgotten they get ignored nobody cares right I mean, if, you know, if they were black faces all over the TV saying that they were being ignored because they're black, the federal government would have been all over it. I know. I, I it, it doesn't matter. It's a bad look regardless. I mean, I don't think the federal government is helping at all because if they are helping the black community, they should be in the south side of Chicago every day. They yeah. should send out, um, they should send out National Guards. And be in, you know, to stop people from dying. And what is really sad, if you look at Columbus, Georgia, there was a five-year-old got shot at a gas station. What what they are doing is stoking racism. Yes, that's you know, all taking the Ron DeSantis's position on, you know, the the um, AP Black History curriculum and totally mischaracterizing it. Right. I mean, the College Board is the company, the organization that does these curriculum. After, you know, the feedback, let's call it feedback from DeSantis and the Florida Department of Education, they updated it and removed all that stuff. They removed the, the gender, you know, queer theory stuff, and they removed the, you know, ideological, we should close all the prisons type thing so everything that he complained about they removed it they said oh yeah well it was never meant it was never the final cut this was supposed to go out for comment and you know so but yet you turn on the you know msnbc or cnn and they're all constantly ranting about you know desantis the racist the you know fascist and that basically they're they're creating a narrative to say that he was he was against black people you know, he was against teaching black history. Well, here's what I have to tell you. So when I was growing up in China, all we hear is America and England, England has surpassed China in education. All I hear is you guys need to learn English. It's important to have that second language. You need to be good with math. You have to prepare yourself for the future. It doesn't matter if I if I was in Hong Kong. It doesn't matter if I came from mainland China. It doesn't matter if I come from a poor family or a rich family. The message to the students are exactly the same in China and in Hong Kong. At the time, Hong Kong was British rule. The message is not div division. The message is study hard and get ahead in the world. Yeah. The message is we need to surpass America and the West. That's the message. We don't have that message here. Even though our testing score is all the way down to number 35 in the world, and I imagine it's lower now, we don't have that message. So while we having this anti-gun narrative, 
China is training all the boys how to handle a handgun at nine years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you think those kids gonna start shooting people? They're not going to. They're being trained how to handle it, build confidence to handle it. They're gonna start learning shooting. You said you learned how to shoot a gun when you were in school, right? In United yeah, States, yeah, junior high school, like ninth grade or eighth grade. Yeah. Okay. Did you go out commit a mass shooting? No. No, you you're confident enough. You learn how to handle a gun, and then you know you're so to build your confidence. You later join the navy, and then come back and made a great life for yourself and your family. So what's wrong with that? Is the people that doesn't know how to use or handle a gun and understand how powerful the gun is, are busy shooting, not value the you know human life. But when you value human life, you understand how to use a gun. Done is nothing but a tool. Then you feel right. confident you can protect yourself. And, I mean, that's a whole multi, That's a very multifaceted problem. I mean, you have the culture, you know, the Hollywood, you know, music culture is glorifying gun violence, glorifying revenge. Right. Meanwhile. You know, on the political left, they're trying to say it's the right wing gun nuts that are the problem. <laughs> and, you know, they don't do anything about Hollywood or, or they don't want to talk about it. And we've eliminated any moral standard. I mean, there's no accountability. There's no morality left basis left in our country. So there's there's no downside to it. You know, no. you commit you commit a shooting because you're going to get some fame and notoriety, and people are going to wonder what you, you know what you were so upset about, what caused you to do this. So you get the attention, even though you're dead, you're getting the attention you wanted. Yeah, they're the the people that commit the crime turn into a victim, right? And the victim. Yeah, we turn them into it. We turn the society turn them into a victim. Yeah, it's it's so backwards. It's so scary, and you know, and I. I, I'm a surprise not more people in this country being upset about what happened just in 24 hours. Now we're looking at uh, a situation um, that's going to be very bad for the United States. You know, it would be interesting to see what Xi Jinping and Putin is going to do. Um, well, and you I, know, and China cozying up to Russia now, it, it just makes you, it keeps reinforcing your theory that they're going to invade Taiwan soon. Oh yeah, China. It's not China cozying into Russia. It's Russia cozying up to China. Okay. Because China has stockpiled military equipment. They have their manufacturer, manufacturing equipment. You know, military uh, equipment. Right. And China needs Russia needs China to supply that. You know what China needs? Hmm. Natural resources from Russia. So it's a okay. perfect exchange right now. Right. We don't have that type of partnership with anybody because if Russia we have natural resources, we're just not allowed to use them because it's bad for the environment. Right. <laughs> um, and the middle East is going to take a very neutral stand on this. They're not going to piss off America. They're not going to piss off Russia. OPEC is going to say, we're going to shrink our production. Well, that's mm-hmm. not going to help any United States. They can still secretly sell, sell things to China and Russia. They don't have to tell United States because right. United States no longer have the credibility. Nobody fear United States. They're not going to, there's no credibility of United States. So they're not going to give two shit about United States. They're going to be like, yeah, we're going to shrink production for you guys. Mm-hmm. They can secretly sell it to China. No, 
You think China going to tell United States, oh, they're selling it to us? No. So America can sit there and say all they, whatever they want to say. Nothing is going to happen. We have a president that's 80 years old, that's making every single foreign policy step. Everything well, he did has not to this point. I've watched some of those speeches over there in Ukraine and Poland. I mean, he has got to be the worst public speaker president we've ever had. I mean, he does two yeah, things. Yeah, the worst writer. He didn't write them speeches. <laughs> right. Well, but he yells. He stands there yelling. And, you know, this old man yelling thing does not look good at all. And then for effect, he does the, he whispers. He gets down to the mic and he whispers. And that's stupid, too. I mean, the guy looks like an idiot. I mean, Trump was a better speaker than him. And Trump was a horrible speaker. <laughs> Trump was horrible. Here's the thing. The foreign minister in China made a statement and saying that right now you need to lower the temperature and try to negotiate peace. You should, But instead, Biden is elevating the temperature and making threats. That's not Why what do you he's think he's doing do right that? now. What? Why do you think he's doing that? Think it's politics? It's not politics. I think he's trying to distract the public in this country away from all the things that's happening with him, the classified documents, the corrupt the sun. Um, and you know what? Part of the reason I think he's helping Ukraine is because his family has greatly profited from Ukraine. Let me ask a question. Can you imagine if Donald Trump Jr. had the exact same arrangement with Ukraine that, uh, you know, the hunter did? So the whole everything, the, the laptop, everything was Donald Jr.'s and Trump was the president and we were going to war, you know, with Russia to, to protect you. Just flip it around. And you mean to tell me that that narrative wouldn't be all over the place? I mean, nobody's even bringing that up. There's a conflict there. Forget about classified documents or, um, you know, laptop. Just the fact that he smokes crack. Can you imagine yeah. Donald Trump Jr. smokes crack and swimming naked and hanging out with prostitutes? Mm -hmm. Forget about everything else. That would be enough. We would this that would be talked about on television every single day, and right. they would call for impeachment of that. Yeah, so, unbelievable. Anyway, I'm my, I'm prepared for World War Three, and since I survived China, I can survive this. And I speak Chinese, so they give me a leg up. So <laughs> good luck, Bob. But you're past your prime, aren't you? I passed my prime. I, I passed my prime. <laughs> According to Don Lamont, I passed my prime. I'm 49 now, so I should just disappear. What so is, you've got one year left, I think. I Didn't he say 40? One year left. Well, he said 20s, 30s, and it felt like he the energy, he could tell what he was saying was not good. And then I, he seemed to throw 40s in there. <laughs> to try to bail himself out okay so um i google what he said right mm -hmm. he said what is the prime age he said you just have to google it what is the prime age for women and i have to tell you google did say 20s 30s and 
twenties and thirties. Okay. But like the other host said, prime for what? I mean, exactly. it sounds no, exactly. to me like childbearing. What's so can that? you, Bob, can you share that? And then what about what Whoopi Goper said? Whoopi Goper said, Nikki Haley is 54. She's not necessary in the new generation. Right, right. Okay. Do you, can you share that page of the, okay. So this is not all of the hosts, but this is the host of The View. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goper currently on The View She's 67 years old. Um, Joy Behar, 80. Tell her she needs to go. (laughs) My goodness. Does these people know how old they are? (laughs) Um, Barbara Walter is a a woman I absolutely admire, and she's admired by so many women. She has passed. But when Barbara Walters started The View in ABC in 1997, Barbara Walter was 68 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we look up Oprah's age? Oprah's age? Oprah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's up there. She had a lot of work done, though. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> she's clearly not in her prime. But if you ask Oprah, how much does Oprah worth? I'd love to know. Uh, she's a billionaire. Okay, so... I don't so, know how many. I mean, I guess we can argue whether she's in her prime or not. <laughs> how old is Oprah? 69. Oprah's okay. 69. Wow. And she still have a show on television. How dare she? How dare she? Well, I, you know, I thought it was hilarious when the other host said, prime for what? And he was like, well, you know, I don't know. Prime. Google it. Look it up. <laughs> He Google didn't know it. what to say. And really, I think what he probably was referencing is material that says prime for childbearing. You know, 20s and 30s. Women are prime. And, then he, and like I said, he seemed to throw 40 in there to try to save himself. But uh, so it's even worse if you would have drilled down a little bit because then they would, could say, oh, so you're saying that women are just here to have children then. So we're just right. going to make babies. That's it, huh? Well, I have to say, so when I Google what is the prime age for a man, it says, according to various studies, the official answer to what age is a man at physical peak is late 20s and early 30s. But they don't distinguish that with women. They do, If you Google what's the perfect age for women, it all it says is um, 28 to 45. Mm-hmm. And they don't say it does a physical age. So now what I'm saying is, looks like Google is being sexist because if they say oh men is a physical peak is 20s to 30s but with women they don't say that right they don't say it's a physical peak or or you know a uh, uh, uh or mental peak right mm-hmm. so that was the funniest thing when he i can't believe he said that here's the thing first of all if you're a married man to a woman and you have a wife, you get married, you can, you can, you, you, married men would know better not to say anything about when my wife is in her, her pride because you know you get in trouble. <laughs> if my husband ever said to me, oh, you have passed your prime, well, you know that's going to be a fight, right? Yeah. Married yeah. guys know better what not to say. But um, being Don Lamont is a gay man, he's never been in a relationship with the women. And he can say, well, I Googled it. You know, he think that's that's the ultimate answer. 
But that's not what, you know, if you look, if you talk to a lot of women, like in my 20s, I was still very un unsure who I am, what I want to do. And when you pass 30s and 40s, especially when I passed my 40s, I was four years into a motherhood. And at that point, you know, I'm more focusing on my mental growth. I have more experience with life. I'm very sure of who I am and not afraid to speak up because now I'm also a spokesperson for my son, for mm -hmm. my children. So now you're responsible for two people. So I think once you become a mom, I don't care how old in your life you are. Once somebody become a mother, they become way more mature and slowly they grow into this more of a wholesome person. And 54 years old in politics for women, for anybody, men or women, I think is that's the prime of their age. So they're talking about the 40s is the new 20s, the 50s and new 30s, and the 60s and new 40s. So essentially, you know, all these women that's going into Congress and going to politics, they're they're at their prime. Right. And look, we have AOC in Congress. Have you seen any of her hearings and the stuff she says? Can you tell me that woman is in her prime or she needs to go back to college? <laughs> Talking about prime. <laughs> we did for the for the first time we did uh some shorts. I put these on Facebook Reels. I yeah. guess that goes to Instagram as well and YouTube Shorts. So I did four of them. And Sherry, your thumbnail, your face is on two and my face is on two. Now I'm kind of looks like I'm yelling or something, but yeah, so I didn't select these thumbnails. I just let them go, you know, default. And let's see, Sherry, the one has 329 views. The next one has 1,800 views. And mine have 10 and 4. <laughs> well, you clearly now, both your topics are about China, so that might be more interesting than toxic chemicals and billionaires. But, I mean, I don't know. I would say that... Uh, you're a near prime, Sherry. <laughs> Don't put my age on it, though. If you put my age on the thumbnail, they might just go like, oh, she's past her prime. Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that. I couldn't believe what I heard. And then the fact that even the two hosts was like rolling their like, what are you talking about? He still uh, kept going. He's taking himself a deeper and deeper hole. And I can't believe what Whoopi Goldberg said either, because regardless you're Republican, conservative, liberal, women should be able to fend for the women. What is right. this now? I agree. This, I mean, you'd think the view would be women first, but. Exactly. Did you see this video clip? No. You want to play it? I'll play it and we'll see if we want to use any discussion of it. Okay. This is Joy Reid talking. I do. And the feel next one like is Leslie Jones. Everything you can, I mean, we're laughing about it now, but it does feel like this right. is a time that is kind of unfunny. I mean, DeSantis, we were just in Tallahassee right. yesterday. The stuff he's doing and attacking black, it's not funny. You can almost laugh at it because it's so, so clumsy, but it is the opposite it's of funny. So, uh, it's Don't obvious. Curse, Leslie. Don't That's curse. what. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, he, see how he, it's so obvious. Ron is so uh, racist. Like, like I'm, I'm tired of people not 
being able to deal with that word. I'm tired of it's not politically correct to call somebody exactly what they are. You are racist. If you're cutting out all black stuff, uh, but you keep the English, you keep French, you keep on, you're racist. And what makes me so upset is most of the people in this country. So, <laughs> so what they're talking about Ron about? DeSantis. That was Did that woman's that? name. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones, right. So, I mean, no. first of all, since when is it not politically correct to call someone racist? I mean, that's probably the most politically correct thing to do. <laughs> I mean, if anyone did something non-politically correct, it was DeSantis. But for them to just characterize this as racist, that he's against black stuff and only he wants to put in white stuff, that, I mean, that's, that's just stoking racism. And, you know, I mean, the college board, it admitted that what they put out there wasn't the final draft. They wanted to get some input on it and they removed the the queer studies and they removed the part about um closing prisons you know this ideological crap so but so i mean did, if you're if you're just say, watching did he actually say take the black stuff out I, no I that's know. how she characterized it okay so he what, said what that he what does queer studies have to do with african-american history and i would say oh. if, if if you took all the African-Americans in this country and fairly explain to them Ron DeSantis's point. Why would you want to why would you put queer studies in Africa? What does that have? I think most black Americans would agree with them. So he's but not they're saying, running with this false teach, lying narrative. So Pardon? he's not saying don't teach black history. No. He's the, saying take the queerest of all of the black history. There are two things. The okay. the the uh, well, there's actually there's a a paper that the Florida Department of Education put out. Um, you know, it, it's a chart. It, there's like one, two, three. There's six parts of this that they didn't like. Uh, one is, you know, the CRT stuff. It talks about intersectionality and uh, activism. Black queer studies. It talks about uh, black lives matter and in the context of um, closing prisons, abolishing the prison system. And he said, hey, black Americans, like all Americans, they want law and order. They want safe communities. They don't want to close prisons. You know, so, I mean, that was his if again, they're just totally lying about what he said. And if, for, if, if what he said was false, then why did the college board change the AP studies curriculum, the AP black history curriculum? Okay, this, I, I just found They removed something. this stuff. So this is what he said. I just saw something. He said, Governor DeSantis explained last month when the story broke that the new course would not go forward in Florida. This is, what, this is exactly what he said. He said, we want education not indoctrination. Right. We would say that an important part of black history is we would say who who would say that an important part of black history is queer history. That is somebody pushing the gender on our kids. That stuff about intersectionality and abolish your prisons. That is a political agenda when you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer his theory. You are clearly trying to use that for political purpose. Okay. Right. 
Gotcha. So here, here's the, the people who made the curriculum or college board. And this is an NPR article. They say, what college board changed in the course? So again, if, if, if DeSantis was just being totally racist, they would have never changed the course. But they change it through the nonprofit, though the nonprofit maintains it did not purge the curriculum of key lessons concerning black feminism and gay black Americans. It also acknowledged a reduction in the breadth of the new framework of the units that appeared in the pilot course. Those about intersectionality and activism, black feminist literary thought and black queer studies are not in the final curriculum. The framework also drops its exploration of the origins, mission, and global influence of the movement for black lives. Instead, Black Lives Matter is listed alongside black conservatism as a sample course project labeled illustrative only. With these revisions, works by scholars including Roderick Ferguson, a professor of women's gender and sexuality studies at Yale University, are now removed from the curriculum entirely. Well, I would think that if you, t you I don't know what the queer history or black queer history is. And, and I, I, you know, if that's the case, teach the LGBTQ suffrage or history separately. Well, but yeah. If you in inject that that would take away from the black history in the United States where they were slavery, the suffer, the black community went through, which have nothing to do with being queer LGBTQ. It was just the fact that they were slaved. Well, this uh, AP black history curriculum created by the college board is you can look at it similar to the AI, the artificial intelligence engines that have a clear left-wing bias. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the same kind of a thing. The people who created this are pushing, you know, a left-wing, you know, agenda. So they want queer studies in there. They want to present the Black Lives Matter side, the closing prisons, abolishing the prison system side, without presenting the other side. So, you know, it is a agenda. It's a political agenda polluting the teachings for our children. And DeSantis was right. They updated it in according to his criticism. Uh, they eliminated the queer studies. They eliminated references to uh, intersectionality. They left in, you know, uh, uh, so uh, black feminism and Gay black. I mean, they, so it's really just a black history studies course now. But he was absolutely right. It was it was a, a far left agenda polluting the thing. I, I felt like um, if you're going to study the LGBTQ and queer history, I, I looking at that's a whole different subject than the black history. Right. In the United States. And I think that should be separated. Um do you think DeSantis is racist? I mean, what they're saying is he is blocking black history teaching. He does not want black history teaching in Florida schools. And you heard the woman. He literally said he only wants white teaching and not black teaching. And that's a complete lie. It's a bald-faced lie. It's a, yes, and it is. How many people it, are going to believe it? Well, I think the problem is the people watch MSNBC 
are not going to go do their research. So well, no. if I, right, if you hear something, even like people watch Fox News, sometimes they don't go do their research. But with Correct. people like us, is we listen to something and then instead of saying, wow, this is it, then you're going to, we will go read five different articles from left, right, and middle to mm -hmm. make sure the information is correct. But majority of the people listen to that, they're just going to say, hey, they're racist, the Republicans are racist, the conservatives are racist. If you're not a Democrat, you're racist. Right? That's yep. the narrative. If you're not a Democrat, you're racist. If you're right. not um, having, you know, rainbow flags and Black Lives Matter signs outside your yard, you're racist. So, And if, you're, if you are a Democrat and you are a racist, they'll cover for you. They There's will. No such a thing. There's no Democrat racist. You're wrong. Right there. That's a racist statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. There, there you go. go. That's me. That's that's how that's how it goes these days, right? If you're if you're Democrat, you can be racist because you're Democrat. Right. Well, the ones crafting that narrative. So sure. Well, that just like um, I had a friend who, you know, I had a friend, I don't talk to her anymore. And she lived in an area where there's the school district, the city school district. It was actually a very diverse neighborhood. But once her kids got to the school age, she moved to an all-white neighborhood in a predominantly white school district. But she's a registered Democrat. And, and because I'm more conservative... So she would say, you're racist, even, you know. She said that I, to you? Yeah, she introduced me to one of her neighbor as, Sherry is the most racist Chinese I've ever known. Wow. Yeah, and, and um, to a stranger. Um, but then, in her realm of friends, there is no diversity at all. It's 100% Caucasian. Hmm. And I was the oh, I was the only token minority friend he had. She had. And you're racist. And I'm racist. Yeah. So those you know white what? people need to set you straight. <laughs> exactly. You. And you know what? If you if you if you embrace diversity, why you hurry up moving to an all white neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'm glad that DeSantis did this. I'm glad that. Uh, you know, because personally, if they want to teach critical race theory or critical race theory based beliefs, I mean, I'm OK with that as long as they teach the criticism of it. You know, you have to because it's not fact. It's it's political ideology. It's social activism. I think and that's what if you want to we... teach that stuff, it's it's fine, I think, to teach both sides of it because that's part of our culture, part of our reality. But when you teach only one side and you teach it as fact, it's indoctrination. I think that's the reason I loved um, the Hong Kong's curriculum so well, right? Because we learned world history and Chinese history alongside each other. And at the time, British was, Hong Kong was a colony of Britain, okay? But the curriculum did not stop from teaching us opium war, which is a British-led uh, seven country to invade China. They did not stop teaching how British colonized African countries, slaving the Africans. And they did not, not teach that. They taught that. And they said the pros and the cons, what they did good, what they did bad in the colonies. And same thing with the Chinese history. With each rise and fall of a dynasty, here's what went wrong, here's what was good. So, you know, not every tyrant 
every there's tyrants in Chinese history, there are tyrants in world history, but they didn't do everything bad and they didn't do everything good. So mm-hmm. it was very objectively analyzing um, what's going on, so more of a critical thinking rather than leaning either side. So you give everybody a benefit of the doubt and a, a very, you know, objective view of looking at what happened at the time. You know, even with Hitler, why did Hitler become Hitler? Why, who supported him? Because if he did everything bad for the country, he wouldn't rise to where he was, right? So same thing with Chairman Mao, same thing with Stalin. I mean, there's good and bad of everybody. So it was more of a critical way of looking at things and learning from history. But when I came here, I realized everything is very skewed. You know, there's... It's not an objective teaching. I just put it that way. No. So, all right. Well, we, you know, this has been well, good. Yeah. We never run out of things to talk about. Knowing we haven't talked about Megan and Harry, but I just want to tell you, I don't know if you saw that South Park episode. They made oh, no. I heard that they want to sue South Park. They didn't mention Megan and Harry's name, but they did make a mockery of Megan and Harry, which is okay. hilarious. I saw the clip of it. Maybe we'll share it next time. Now we have the ability to share a screen. That was really good. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to us rant. Thank, <laughs> thank you for another great conversation, Sherry. All right. Have a good one.
mean, Leslie, I do feel like everything you can, I mean, we're laughing about it now, but it does feel like this right. is a time that is kind of unfunny. I mean, DeSantis, we were just in Tallahassee right. yesterday. The stuff he's doing and attacking black, it's not funny. You can almost laugh at it because it's so clumsy, but it is the opposite it's of funny. So it's Don't obvious. Curse, Leslie. Don't That's curse. what I, ooh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, he, see, I, he, it's so obvious. Ron is so uh, racist. Like, like I'm, I'm tired of people not being able to deal with that word. I'm tired of it's not politically correct to call somebody exactly what they are. You are racist. If you're cutting out all black stuff, uh, but you keep the English, you keep French, you keep uh, you're racist. And what makes me so upset is most of the people in this country don't agree with nothing that's going on. So it's our fault. 